Welcome to Own the Microphone. Join me, Bridget McGowan, an award-winning international professional speaker and owner of the independent publishing company, BMAC Talks Press. Listen, everybody, if you are wanting to find a way, wanting desperately to find a way to have influence, I'm telling you, public speaking is it. Today, I'm talking with Debbie Allen. We'll talk more about who she is and what she does, but we're going to start off by giving you some value right away and talking about how does public speaking put you in a position to influence others. Debbie, thanks for, thanks for having the conversation with me. Oh, my pleasure. I love talking with you, Bridget. I love your energy, and we're just totally on the right same page all the time. All the time. So how, how does a person uh, influence others through public speaking? And talk to us about that, Debbie. Well, I, I think it's the most amazing skill set you could possibly own. <laughs> if you're a business owner, you consider yourself a leader, or you consider yourself in management, anything. Uh, the skill of public speaking will give you the most influence, the most power, and the most opportunity out of any other skill set I can even think of, and I've been an entrepreneur my entire life, right? So I just know that, you know, last 20 plus years being a professional speaker, I didn't really go in for that. I go, I, I went in to have my voice heard to make a difference. Um, and, and that was me speaking from, from what I wanted to give back. And I think when you speak on what, you know, there's nothing to be fearful about because you know it, you're like the expert at it. You're, it's something you've been successful at. And if, for me, it was just starting speaking was a passion to help other people be successful. I, I didn't know there's a business in it or anything. Um, I didn't even go into it for the influence. I just went into it to help people. Uh, and that's where, then I realized how influential it can be and how powerful it can be and the opportunities it creates just endless. So do you think that's the best place to start? Start from a place or start with a topic about which you are passionate, right? And about which you know a ton. Is that a good starting place for everybody? Most definitely. Because if, if I had, I say, go, hey, go up there and speak in front of this group about anesthesiology. I'd be like, uh, <laughs> maybe you want my friend Lynette to speak with you, but I don't know anything about that, right? I'd be a nervous wreck. But if I know something, I don't know. I, I don't even have to have it scripted. I, I just speak as if I'm having a conversation with you, Bridget. It's like, it just happens to be there's, you know, a few hundred other people listening in, right? And now with this online world, we can jump into that and be on camera, but we're still speaking to much bigger than our local community, the national, international, you know, I'm, I'm growing an international business during COVID because we're now have access to the whole world. So if you're, is any time that I can just go reach out to you and say, this is the time to embrace the skill of public speaking, because you can get online. You don't have to walk on a stage. You can get used to this modality and then move into that when you're more comfortable. The idea of speaking from the comfort of home and especially doing it via Zoom or whatever platform, the idea, I mean, you could do it in your pajamas and slippers and no one would be the wiser, put a little blazer on, put your tie on or some great accessory and rock it out. Now, what do the best speakers do? Like, what are some, I don't want to call them tricks, but like, what are some strategies that you have found work well, no matter the, the kind of speaker, how long you've been a speaker, if you are just starting out. Yeah, let's, 
let's go back to that because right. you didn't have aspirations initially to be a professional speaker, right, Debbie? No, no? I no. just kind of fell into it. Just kind of fell into it. So tell no. me, if, if you can think back, tell me what were like maybe one or two strategies that you realized or learned very early on that just took your presentations from, yeah, okay, to, whoa, Right. Um, I, I think when I started out, it was like, okay, I was passionate about, I was like, but I was like, more like the teacher, like, I want to just get this information out to you very kind of serious business person, right. Uh, and then I realized, just be yourself. And so I would get myself psyched up before I would go out there and speak. And it might just be a meeting room where I have to go out in the hall or go in the bathroom, get myself psyched up wherever it was. And just think about the audience. It's not about you. Get out of your head and think about, you know, don't think about what they're going to think about you. Or if you mess up, think about, I'm having a conversation with some new friends and I want to help them. I want to support them with my knowledge, what I have to, what I have to say. And you have to go into that space and you have to walk up from the very uh, start of it, knowing that you're connecting and knowing those first couple sentences that you're going to say off the cuff versus it being real stage. You see speakers go up and then get right to the PowerPoint or get really serious. Um, you know, a message that connects with them instantly will put you at ease. Get a couple little smiles in the audience, you know, even, even on Zoom, we have people connecting, but um, I'm just kind of talking about like if you walked in front of an audience, like whether it's local chamber of commerce or wherever it is you're going or in a boardroom meeting, um, it's just know the first couple sentences you're going to have and connect with them. Um, I had actually been a speaker for many years before I learned to tap in. Um, and it was one of my personal development coaches that said, you're not all the way tapped in. You could, you could be a better speaker if you tapped in. I'm like, what do you mean tapped in? Like tapped into your heart. I said, but I'm, I'm teaching business, but no, but it doesn't matter. They're people. And when they can feel you as your authentic self and tap into who you authentically are and go to your heart place versus just your head. I was so into my head. So getting out of your head and tapping into your heart and then connecting to them. And, and you could do this at any stage. If you learn this early on, then that's probably the biggest thing I can tell you. Uh, and just get yourself out of your head and get into the audience's head um, and let them just hear your message. Let them be for you, be with you. No matter if you mess up, you trip over a cord, you fall down, uh, the, the alarm goes off in the room, whatever it is, they will be there supporting you 100% if you walk in supporting them. I am about to put you on the spot, but I think you're going to be able to, I know you're going to be able to do this. And let me give you, give everybody a side note. Did you notice how I changed from a wimpy word to a power word? I want everyone to start using power words more often. I said, I think you can handle this. No, no, no. I know you can handle this. I want you to start using power words more often. Don't have those words of uncertainty in your vocabulary because it makes you sound and feel uncertain and it makes you lack confidence and it makes you sound as if you are not confident to your listeners. So use your power words. Now I'm about to put you on the spot, Debbie. I guess I should have set you up before I gave my little side note, but <laughs> I blew it. <laughs> I want you to give us an example of tapping into their hearts. So let's just say, uh, you know, you're getting ready to do a presentation on, you know, pick, pick, pick your favorite topic. Okay. Give us a few sentences of how you might start your presentation 
in a way first give us the topic or give us the topic inside of those two or three sentences but give us an example of what it means to get out of my head and to tap into the audience's hearts okay so i could start out with a question Mm -hmm. or a myth that people believe in a certain way and i want to shift their belief from the very beginning as soon as they walk up there and they're going like whoa so um, a good example of this is my last book i wrote which is called success is easy it's my ninth book and I really start the conversation with, you've been lied to, you know, I'm going to tell you right now, you've been lied to your whole life, that success has to be hard. And I'm here to tell you that you can make it easy. And I'm going to show you the strategies of how it works when you think differently. During this time, I'm going to be able to shift your mindset with what you've been holding on to limited beliefs that have kept you stuck for years. So I'm excited to be sharing with you a whole new way of looking at success going forward for the rest of your life. Now, I just made that up from the top of my head. I mean, I wrote a book on it, but that's not in the book. But but this, this I, I mean, there are so many points I want to make here. One, this goes back to uh, the fact that I knew that you could do this. That's number one. I knew there was no doubt you'd be able to do it on the fly. But then this also goes back to something you said earlier. When you speak from a place of passion, when you talk on a topic that you already know about, someone asking you a question about that content and you being able to deliver is not tough. You might need a second or two, collect your thoughts, pull it together, but it becomes easy to speak when you're speaking from a place of knowledge that where you already have the knowledge in your head. Now, everybody. Oh, and also challenge people, right? You know, and being comfortable enough to challenge yourself to go against the grain. And I think that's where some of the best speakers come up. And that's where the influence guy, hey, I never heard anybody say it that way before. Or how dare you? And let people challenge you on your ideas. I I welcome when people challenge me on that because I thought, hey, nobody's been taught this. Because isn't it easier? Success is surrounding us everywhere. And it's really harder to fail than it is to succeed. But nobody tells you these things. So, you know, it's just a way of like, Another way to get attention is to pivot, find a way that nobody has said it quite that way. Then the audience is right there at the end of their seat going, oh, tell me more about that. Yes. I mean, you just starting off by saying you've been lied to. I'm like, wait a minute. What? Who? Who lied to me? What are you talking about, lady? Right? So everybody, you can start with this provocative statement or as Debbie put it, go against the grain. Also, you could start with some rhetorical question that has people thinking, huh, I know. I don't know the answer to that. And then, of course, you could always start with a story, but the story has to have certain elements. It can't just be once upon a time you're telling a story for the sake of telling a story. So definitely look into resources for effective storytelling. Well, and let me touch on that a second, Bridget, is that most people, when they get up and they don't feel comfortable speaking, they go, oh, I don't like speaking. I'm really nervous right now. Don't ever say that, okay? And then they go on and on and on. And they never shut up. And they start talking about themselves and it's me, 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 I, 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 I. And it's like, ah, your stories need to connect to the audience. So you can tell a story about something you experienced, but then you turn it back to the audience. Well, maybe you've experienced something like that too. Or maybe you've had a mentor in your life that have shifted you. You have to tell your story and then bring people in. Um, but it is quite interesting when you always hear people say, oh, I'm so nervous about speaking. And then they just start talking about themselves forever. And you're like, <laughs> Right. Kill me now. right? And and the thing is, you want to use you more than you use the word I. So like you were saying, connected to the audience. So as opposed to you talking about all these things that 
I did and all these places I went and all these experiences I had. Have you ever went such and such place? Have you ever experienced such and such? Have you ever thought about, right? Just use the word you, use that pronoun far more than you Powerful. I. And then in terms of starting a presentation with, oh, I hate giving presentations. Okay, that's exactly what the audience wants to hear, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. I feel I mean, sorry I, for you. Okay, bye. <laughs> Debbie, imagine, imagine being at a restaurant and your waitress walks up and says, oh, I hate food and I hate serving customers. I hate serving diners. Take me to McDonald's drive-thru right now. Right? I mean, mean, really, why would you do that in any situation? But people do it. (laughs) You're turning people off before you even get your program started. That's one. And then two, just don't breathe that kind of life into your presentation. Do not, I mean, it's like going to a job interview. Oh, I know I'm going to bomb it. Uh, you know, going out on a date with someone. Oh, I know she's going to hate me. I mean, you know, no, don't do that. Nobody wants, one, nobody wants to hear it. Two, it just does nothing to set up you for success. It just doesn't. And then something else, as you're thinking about putting together your presentation, and you made me think about this, Debbie, I want you to use an ABC model. And here we go. So Debbie was talking about how you can go against the grain, start your presentation with this provocative statement. And that is going to be the A, everybody. That is your assertion. This is what I believe. It's different from everybody else. You've probably never heard this before. This is my assertion. And then your presentation is the B. It's the body of evidence. Here are all the reasons why I think this and why I believe, you know what? we should stop my, my assertion is everybody should stop eating fruits and just eat vegetables that's the only produce you need to pick up that's my assertion and then here's my body of evidence here's my body of proof and then the c in your presentation is going to be a call to action you do not want people to sit and listen to you i don't care if it's 20 minutes an hour what have you and not know what they should do next mm-hmm. so always give your audience a call to action is it going to buy a book is it subscribing to your podcast is it whatever but have them do something with this newfound knowledge you've given them so it it, it wasn't time wasted and i'm not saying it's time wasted if you don't give a call to action but you want to extend their learning and extend that experience so if you give them something to do beyond your presentation guess what they're not just thinking about your content and improving themselves but they're thinking about you They're keeping you on their minds and they're going to want to know what else is coming from that person because you know what? That was some good stuff. And that's what you want. You want people thinking about, they may not remember your name. They may not remember what you wore, but they'll remember your message and they'll remember how you made them feel days, weeks, possibly even years after that presentation. I know you've had this happen to you, Debbie. I've had it happen to me. Yeah, and you spoke all over the world, spoke in 28 countries, you know, and you don't know, um, how you are affecting lives or people that have followed you. Like I heard you speak years ago and have followed you. And, and then, you know, because of this, this happened. And it's like, that's, that's really cool. That's the, that's the difference of being able to speak your mind. And you know what? I was always like that. <laughs> Even growing up, I think that's what got me in, in trouble as a teenager. It's like, always oh, spoke my mind. So it really kind of made sense that I'd be a speaker, <laughs> you know, eventually, you know. 
I think we both talked about how we decided to monetize our mouths. We got to talk too much on all the report cards. So it's like, you know what? Uh, the teachers might be on to something here. Let me do something with this. That's right. How is we get in trouble in class by talking, talking in a class and, and, and passing notes and stuff like that. Yeah. Cause I was like, we were, this was in us. Like we wanted to want to make a message out there right so whether you're you know like there's a lot of speakers i know that are even like they could even be kind of anti-social and but when they're out there they still share a message because they're passionate to make that difference and i you know whether you don't have to be as outgoing and gregarious some of this you know the best speakers are just really profound have made really strong messages that people remember um that you know and I have to mention a name. His name is Brian. He's known very well. He's a very successful speaker. Okay. I won't say his last name because then it looks like I'm throwing him under the bus, but I kind of am. But, you know, I kind of think he doesn't have any energy. He's like, he's kind of like a robot, you know, but he's written a lot of books and he's made some great statements and people love him. And he's, you know, he's profound in some of the things that he said. Uh, it's not my style. So I don't particularly, you know, enjoy listening to him, but people will find whatever your style is, just be you. And you'll, you will get an audience that relates to you as long as you're making, uh, like we were talking about, a, a message or a statement or something that says, never heard it that way before, you know, and then you kind of own that, that space in that conversation. You own the microphone, everybody, Debbie. Yeah, good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Debbie, Debbie's been owning the microphone for quite some time. She's an international professional speaker who's presented in, like she said, 28 countries. She is the author of nine, count them, nine books, including the highly the highly paid expert and success is easy. She helps her clients become highly paid experts. Makes sense. And speakers online and on stage through her personal and group mentoring programs. And she's got a couple of offers that I'm going to make sure that you get in the show notes. But I'm telling you, uh, we, we've, we've got ourselves a, a hot one on here today. We've got ourselves an expert. And I'm about to ask you, Debbie, what is a big mistake that speakers make uh, that uh, you should try to avoid at all costs? It kind of starts from the very beginning that they don't follow up. That just drives me nuts. I've been doing events for over 15 years. So I bring speakers in, you know, been a speaker, work with speakers. Um, and the thing that drives me the most nuts is that when you just, you know, you hire a speaker and then you say, send me your headshot, send me your, your introduction, send me your marketing material on the topic you're going to speak on. Okay. Whether you're speaking at a trade show, association, I don't care where it is, stage, what, keynote, whatever it is. I cannot believe how bad they are following up. Okay, this is so freaking easy. Put your headshot in a file in your computer. Put your introduction there. You know, I, I even customize my introduction based on, you know, what it is, slightly tailor and get it out. That has to be done within the first 24 hours. You have been asked, you've been given the privilege of the platform, whether that's virtual, whether that's on a big stage in front of five people, it doesn't even matter. That is a privilege of the platform. And that is respect that you get that information back within 24 hours, or if you happen to be traveling or something else be happening, say exactly when you're going to get it and get it. When we have to chase people, and we do it all the time, chase speakers down to get information. It's absolutely nuts to me. I mean, people have been doing this for years. Like, you have a headshot. 
I don't want to try and guess what your topic is. So that's that's got to be number one. That's just like a pet peeve of mine, right? Um, you think, or just you think? Ha- tell us how you really feel now, David. Yeah, right, tell exactly. Us, don't uh, hold I, back now. I have one worse than that. I had, a, I had a guy show up at my event and he showed up seven minutes before he was supposed to go on. Seven minutes. And it wasn't really even seven minutes. He would have been late because I had the speaker go before him going. She saw that the next speaker wasn't going on. I'm like, yeah, just kind of like continue like, so we don't have too long of a break in between. And I just, you know, I told her, I said, I hadn't seen him yet. So just, if you don't see him walk in the room, just keep going and go a little bit longer. That's fine. You know, cause you have to adjust your schedule. So you don't realize that, you know, even me as a speaker, I've been on the other side as a meeting planner and you look at everything because you show in, show up last minute. It's like, there's, you know, he had to have books set up. He, he actually showed up late and got in an argument with his wife in the back of the room. It was like the worst thing ever. I couldn't believe that people actually do business with this person. And, you know, it was too late for me to say, I'm even sharing the stage with him, you know, it's like, Ugh. but uh, it, it doesn't, it doesn't cease to amaze me how crazy it is. And, and I look at it come from where I come from. I'm such a follow-up queen and, and I don't care if I'm like, I've been in the hospital all night long on IV with uh, with the food poisoning i've flown all night long because a meeting planner put the date wrong and and flew into the marriott and got into my meeting room five minutes before people walked in and they didn't know i flew all night it wasn't their their business they didn't know those other people when i did keto didn't know i was in the hospital all night long it wasn't their business i showed up for this so you show up from the very second you're asked all the way to the end so in all those years i have never not shown up except one time and I call that a favor uh, for the meeting planner they rebooked me um, and I worked on getting them another speaker last minute only because you know it was almost a life death experience with my husband like you know he was stuck in Mexico and he didn't I didn't know if he was even going to survive to get across the border um, and, and and so that is the only time in over 25 years I have even asked to postpone a presentation like you just you just show up the show must go on Show must go on, show up and show out. Uh, you know, this is where you really need to be selfless and focus on everybody else and not you. Because I'll tell somebody, you know what, I could sleep on the plane on the ride home right. or, or on the way home or what have you, but make it so much about everybody else and not about you. Also, I want to touch on something very quickly. Uh, you know, you can have your bio or your picture, like you were saying, saved in a file somewhere, or better yet, have a page on your website sure. that has. Uh, a link to a folder of different images that event planners can use in the marketing and programming of an event that you're going to appear at and speak at, have a bio for introductions to where they verbally read that introduction. And then of course, maybe a little bit longer bio for publications and then the comprehensive bio, but have a page on your website that, that you give to event planners so they're not having to chase you down for pictures and you're not having to dig for them or have that folder like Debbie recommended. Another point, if you're going to do speaking engagements, big or small, at the company at which you work, for your own company, whatever the case may be, you need to get yourself a headshot. And I'm not talking about a selfie, okay, in your car. Some are bad. <laughs> where I can see the headrest. Every if you you need, I mean just as a professional, period. I don't care if you're speaking or not, get yourself a nice headshot and you can just, I mean, seriously speaking, I'm talking, don't do a selfie, but you know, get a plain white background or just plain solid background. You don't have to go to a, 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 on a photo shoot and 
spend all this money and so on and so forth. Now, if you plan on becoming a professional speaker, that's another story. You want to have the professional photo shoot and the professional uh, stylist and makeup and all of that good stuff and hair and everything. But for now, just get someone, take your phone. These phones are pretty good nowadays with some pretty high powered cameras. Get a neutral background and take yourself a nice headshot. Have that ready and have a good bio ready and have two kinds, minimum, okay? Debbie goes the extra step and a lot of speakers are going to go that extra step and tailor that bio so that it fits with the meeting message or maybe the theme or maybe the top, whatever the case may be. But at a minimum, have at least two bios. One is going to be your comprehensive bio that that explains who you are from A to Z, but it needs to be compelling, okay? It needs to be a compelling bio, not just uh, this is so-and-so and they're from such-and-such and, such and don't know. Do oh, and they're married and they got three kids and they live in Arizona. Does that have- They any, like their hobby. Uh, uh, really. <laughs> it needs to be a bio that sells you. It needs to be a bio that makes people say, oh, wow, is that who we're about to hear? So I need you to have a comprehensive bio and then a shorter one that is used for introducing you on the stage. Minimum, you need those three things. Short bio. And the, reason, low, yeah. the reason you said, Bridget, too, about like a white background and the reason being is because of branding. So they want to take that picture and put it on their own marketing materials or their own website. They need that clean background. A lot of times speakers will send me a picture of them outside you know, it looks like a nice little, you know, the greenery behind them. I can't use it. I have to send it to my graphic artist, have it all changed and, and done. You don't want to have to have something else done. You just want to be easy to work with. Again, accept the privilege of the platform and be easy to work with. Um, show up and give 150%, not even 100%. Uh, that's really what, you know, got me successful speaking early on. You know, I didn't know I was going to be a speaker. Um, people told me you got to speak a hundred times to get paid. I'm like, well, that's just BS. <laughs> it's like, that's not a good business model. I'm not doing that. You know, so I created a plan to, you know, I hey, said, hey, I'll fill the room for you. You know, standing room only. I went to a huge show in Vegas and I, they had not had any seminars. I didn't know any other speakers. I just knew they needed information. People are coming, investing in their, in their retail stores. And I had retail stores for 15 years, building and selling stores. So I knew I had the knowledge to give to them. Um, but it was like, they didn't believe in seminars because they hadn't done them before. So here I was starting out with like, hey, I saw that there was a problem. People weren't getting education. And I came in. It wasn't because I knew I was a speaker. And But then I said, you know, I'm, I, I also know my value of my time. So I said, well, when I fill, help you fill the room, you know, standing room only, and you'll refer me and I do a good job, then you're going to refer me to three other people and you're going to help me start my speaking career. And so that's what they agreed to. Um, and that's how I launched it. And um, the first time I spoke, they paid all my expenses and, and got me all that main exposure. And, and then the na- right after that, I was paid the second time out. But again, I didn't even know there was such a business as paid professional speaking. I just knew the value of what I was going to bring. And, um, you know, even though I wanted to do it, you know, passionate about wanting to help people succeed, I also know my value. I'm not going to give that away either. So, you know, I wanted people to see that. And, and it was time for me to change. You know, I just believe that as an entrepreneur, I'm looking for the next chapter in my life. And if I've done something for 10 years, 15 years, I have a level of expertise and I share that expertise. So I've been, what I teach people of, you know, how to become a highly paid expert, it's something I've been doing almost all of my life because, you know, I build a career, I build a skill set, and then I go, hey, let me teach you my life skills and teach you how to do that in your industry. 
And so, you know, that's basically what it, you know, what I would have been able to do is that if you had any kind of time in any industry and you're an expert in what you do, you should be teaching people. I mean, that's the next chapter. Like, why would you just continue to do the same thing? If you're a true entrepreneur, you want, you want challenges, you want new excitement, and it's time for you to give back uh, and give back where you're going to make money to at it. So that's kind of how I've always transitioned. Knowing your value, knowing your worth, you must have that in your mind. Now, Debbie, you talked to us about a big logistical mistake that speakers can make. What's a big mistake with delivery, with actually presenting that you've seen speakers make? Well, I've seen people that don't think they're funny will throw in a cartoon, okay? Another famous name, I won't mention his last name, I'll just say his first name, Jack. Okay, so very well known, written a lot of books that people know about. He doesn't, he's not a funny speaker. He <laughs> can't do humor, right? Debbie, you crack me up. That's all of us. <laughs> Shh, don't tell anybody. And so, so he'll put like these cartoons and you're like, cartoons, are you serious? Right. You know, it's like, he's still doing that years ago, instead of like learning how to be, you know, like I was the same way I got it because I was serious. And then I would hire a humor coach and I could give me a line in the stories. I tell my story and they give me this really funny line. And every time I got a laugh out of it, um, because, you know, national speakers, they used to say, um, do you need to be funny to get paid? Uh, you know, it's like, yes. Yeah. If you, if you want to get paid, you need to have some humor in there just because you take people on a ride. You know, so if you're always like the same monotone, people are going to fall asleep. If you're just always just business hitting them like with a fire hose with too much information, they're going to fall asleep because they're like overwhelmed, you know, and then the other is just like, you know, take them. People remember stories through, through humor. Um, people want to have fun, whether they're in a, just sitting, you know, in a basic boring meeting, they still want to have a good time. Um, and, and I think the mind came just being more comfortable, being more confident that I would just find humor in things like even got messed up. Like I would look at like something that would happen, like, you know, a clock falls off the wall or an alarm goes off or something. You would just have like a one liner that you could cover that like, you know, or the phones go off. That happens all the time. I go, Hey, that's my mom. She's calling me again. Tell her I'm busy right now. I'm I'm hanging out with you guys, you know, something like that. Play, be playful with that. And I think that people um, love that because they see that you're authentic and that you can just be on the fly like that and just uh, versus freaking out that oh my gosh if this happens what do I do yeah stuff will happen everything happens in speaking um, you can't even imagine the things that will happen so you know being able to to be able to be yourself when things go wrong and find humor in that I think that's a biggie when I cannot stress enough that something will go wrong uh, it will go wrong. Do not get yourself all frazzled and thrown off. Let me tell you, Debbie, I was having a conversation with an author yesterday and it was one hour conversation. I'm the interviewer and 11 minutes in my computer, and this is not an old raggedy computer, okay? I have a Mac. It shut down. Black screen, just like that. We were in Zoom. And he was, thankfully, I had given him whatever question it was. And so he was talking. I always keep my phone nearby, right? And the flashlight on. I always keep my phone nearby. I hate I didn't set up my my tripod and have it right here. While my laptop is doing whatever it's doing, I am getting into Zoom on my phone. And I get in just in time. And he's probably about at the last 30 seconds of his answer. I'm not sure if he knew I had disappeared or not, 
but I didn't even bring it up. I went on into the next question, Debbie. And, and thank goodness, thank goodness, I knew the next question. I already had it plugged into my head. I knew the next question and was able to ask him that next question and keep it moving. But I never even said, oh my goodness, my laptop just, I mean, went black and told me it had to restart for just no reason, just because I want to, because I know you're in the middle of an important conversation, right? And then I was still able to, the computer started back up and I was able to log back into the uh, laptop and so on and so forth. But something is going to be glitchy and just keep your cool and don't even call attention to it because guess what? The audience may not even notice the glitch if it's something that is, you know, whatever, uh, right. subtle well, you enough. Trip over your words. I trip over my words all the time. You know, I start talking real fast and, you know, just trip over my words. And then I'll just like, you know, oh yes, I'm a professional speaker. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll make fun of myself. So I think that, you know, that self-defacing humor is, is a biggie. You know, that, you know, and, and I've had people like fall on stage, all kinds of stuff, you know, and then it's like, you have to have like something to come back with that versus freaking people out. Um, right. and, and I think that's just like, just know, hey, we're all human, right? You just happen to be up there in front of the room or, or here on Zoom where things can go wrong technology wise. And, um, you know, I've always just, you know, gone to that self-defacing humor and that's, that's helped me. And sometimes it's even better. And this is the, the interesting thing with that, Debbie, if you make a misstep, literally or otherwise, if you have a hiccup, that makes you human and it makes you more relatable. If you come off as too perfect, people have a hard time relating to you. They don't and trust you. Saying, yeah, they, they don't trust you either. I mean, it's actually this likable trust, you know, connection that you create. Right. I'm not saying, you know, go on stage and break a shoe and fall. And I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying your, your presentation and your connection factor could benefit from a misstep or two. So don't feel like everything has to be just so and perfectly buttoned up in order for you to be an effective speaker people can find some charm and you know something about you that just clicks and connects for them if they see that you are human. Uh, so just keep that in mind. Debbie, anything else that the audience needs to know in order to get out there and own the microphone? Well, like I said, right now, it's the best time to say yes, step up. Um, so if somebody's not asking you to speak, then create your own audience. And so we can create our own audience right now. You can go to Facebook. I, have an, I had a client that sent me a message this morning. He's like, okay, I'm thinking I want to do this message about being grateful over the holidays. And I'm going to just create another group with this. I said, no, you want to create a group with your new brand, um, but go to Facebook, keep giving them messages when you're going to come on doing a Facebook live. And then, you know, just tell them about an event that you're going to do. So, you know, we can use social media to gather if you don't have a list or if you have a list just saying, hey, I'm going to come and give a message, whether it's something to your heart, something about your business, something about other people within your, your peers that you, you want to support at a, another level, whatever it is, you just step up and say, I'm going to do it. And then, you know, then learn Zoom. I mean, it's pretty simple, simple to learn, uh, but, you know, get the business level of Zoom so that you can get more people on and just create your own event. You know, just, you know, it's, you don't have to always be in, wait to be invited somewhere is that you can create your own event as a speaker right now online 
and, and have it ready in a matter of, you know, a couple of weeks, you know, even, even have a conversation, you don't even have to do PowerPoint slides or anything. We call it a masterclass or we call what a podcast is. We're doing a video too. We're having a conversation with people and, it, and sometimes having a conversation with somebody else might make you feel a little bit more comfortable like Bridget. I mean, anybody can have a conversation with you and have a good time and, and feel relaxed. And, and so get, uh, you know, if you have to start out that way, start out that way, um, but create your own stage. Oh, there it is right there. Create your own stage. I was going to say, don't wait for somebody to open the door for you. Knock it down and, and just bust your way on through it. <laughs> that's, that's my paraphrasing of what Debbie just said. But yes, create your own stage. Don't wait for the invitation. Uh, create your own events. And they are easily done, easily done. And it does not have to be something massive and elaborate. No, I mean, going online is nothing now. I mean, I create my own stage internationally. Like when there was no business in 2008, when the economy crashed, I just would contact people that were doing events, uh, you know, just even small business groups. And I'd say, hey, I'm going to be in Sydney, Australia in a few months from now. I'd love to come and speak and you won't have to pay my airfare or anything else because I'm going to be there. And they'd go, wow, it's awesome. An international, you know, expert coming over here. Well, I didn't have plans, but now that I got that gig, I'm going to book a few more. And that's kind of how I started my world tour was just reaching out to people and then going. <laughs> nice. Nice. Debbie, you, you're, you're, an, you're an expert, hands down, end of story, no doubt about it. Listen, everybody, uh, you, you've got to connect with Debbie. I'm going to make sure you get the information to connect with her so she can help you monetize that expertise. There's no point in continuing to sit on it and not impact the world with what you know. Debbie, you have been fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Always. I love hanging out with you. Likewise, everybody, thanks so much for listening. Make sure you always own the microphone.